0: I'm Jackie Simmons, I am your host, and I am so excited for my upcoming interview with Dave Rogers. Have you ever met someone who you just knew had been on a journey that you were headed towards so that they actually could show you the way? When Dave and I first started talking and I realized that I'd been chasing a happy ending and he had a better way. So please help me welcome Dave Rogers. So Dave, come on into the studio. I think you have the power. There you are. Hello, say something.
1: Hello, Jackie. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you so very much. You're doing an absolutely great, great, great thing. And I'm so privileged and pleased to be here with you. Oh, Dave, you say you say all the nicest things. I can say the nice things and I say the truthful things. And that just uh, sometimes bubbles one way and sometimes bubbles the other way. <laughs> we'll just see how things bubble today.
0: All right, so we're going to bubble into truth, we're going to bubble into nice, and we're going to bubble into the myth of the happy ending. When did you decide that a happy ending was a myth? I mean, tell us about the world according to Dave.
1: Wow, thank you so much for the question. And The world according to Dave these days is day by day. Um, The last two years, I came back after being away for over 30 years, uh, traveling and working in Asia, and I've been a health, I've been an elderly caregiver, and I went from sort of in my twenties pursuing money and wanting to be rich and reached many of the highest goals. And what did I find? I found uh, uh, depression, uh, suicidal thoughts, and uh, uh, a desire actually to learn about insomnia because it was killing me. Uh, whoa! Wait! Wait! Whoa! 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 Insomnia was killing you. Yeah. If you go about a month without any sleep, you'll be pretty close to either dying physically or k- killing yourself. And okay. so the stress that I had with the job, uh, I was uh, in finance and I was living the high life, uh, including lots of partying, lots of uh, alcohol and, and a, 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 inner outer battle that was uh, eating me from the inside out. And so, some of the my darkest days were when everyone on the outside thought I was super successful. And I oh, no. reached many of the financial goals in my late 20s, and that's when I was the closest to committing suicide, jumping off a 13-story building. That's okay. what triggered me to start being very curious about being nice to myself.
0: I'm going to ask you to back that truck up just a little bit.
1: All righty. That's the thing you wanted to be, you wanted to ask about right now. And that's the funny thing is right now, my message is you have right now. Yet, if you want to go back, that's, what's beautiful. This conversation is very relevant because the backing up the truck is when people will find if they haven't found the gift from it, they will live in the pain, the blame and the torture. That's what living in the past is about. That is what the journey of the myth of the happy ending is about. Unless you get the gift from your pain, it will be trauma and drama, drama and trauma. That is what we'll live in. If you can find a path to being present with the past, being grateful, it goes from tragic to magic. It can be that easy. It can be that simple. It can be that effortless ease.
0: All right, hold it. Before you uh, go, because this is the not nice, Dave, that we're seeing here. You're gonna beat us into submission with this idea and I'm gonna back you up. And I'm gonna say, wait a minute. Okay, I'm a parent. I've got a 20 year old. My 20 year old is successful. They are knocking it out of the park. In another country, they are hitting all of the milestones, all of these benchmarks of success. And I have no idea they're in trouble.
1: You're absolutely right. They could be going through torture in their mind. The biggest thing I find with young people, and this is the study, which is beautiful. I do invite people to study the book of changes. In the 20s, what will often pulverize a 20-year-old is something called imposter syndrome. It incurs in them. A parent might not have any idea. They see the kid, you're so successful, you got a degree, you're doing so well. Yet inside, are they ripping themselves apart? I did a very good job at that.
0: Well, it's not isolated to 20 year olds, just saying.
1: No, no, actually the teenage years, I actually, in the process, my poem representing teenagers is called Tears, Fears, and Mirrors. Tears, Fears, and Mirrors. So take us to the energy
0: of you being a teenager, being a 20 year old. And then you gave this really short story of, you know, top of a 13 story building. So take us there. What brought you to the top of a 13 story building with the idea that you would throw yourself off of it?
1: Well, it was uh, the story that I was telling myself was that I'm useless, Hmm. I hate myself, I look at the mirror and I swear I relive the traumas that occurred when I was seven years old, when I was bullied, when I was beaten up. That gave me the power to be a, a very good athlete because when it's turned on, that aggression's great for sports. Yet when it's turned inside, and the self talk and the devastating self loathing becomes e- exaggerated and amplified through alcohol through violence through sex these are addictive behaviors that amplify the experience it occurred this occurred when i was living in japan and the thing that living in japan you find is the longer you're there the higher the highs and the lower the lows so one day i'm there coaching the japanese national lacrosse team celebrating with some of the greatest young athletes in japan and the next day i'm by myself looking at a mirror 45 pounds overweight, and all of those stories from childhood. You're useless, you're stupid, you're such a failure, you're dumb, you're an idiot, smashing the mirror. Why don't you just kill yourself? That was a story. And that's the story that led to the 13 stories. The 13th story was I was having a house party because my house was a, a party place in Tokyo. And somebody who came to the party uninvited dropped acid in the drinks of everybody at the party. And so here I am, an apartment on the 13th floor, and this guy dropped acid in the the drinks of people. And immediately people were acting really, really strange. And I got so angry, I cleared out the apartment. I asked them all to leave. I didn't ask them to leave from the 13th floor. The elevator was appropriate. Yet then I hit rock bottom that night that what had I become, what type of life was I leading? And like I was saying, I, I was drinking six, seven days a week. I was way overweight and I was living life on a string. And that night I seriously considered jumping. I remember crying and smashing my window. Cause when in Japan you sit on the floor to take a shower and I smashed the mirror and something that night snapped As if when I went on the 13th floor balcony, pushed back and said, you're going to change. That day, I did have a a change where for the next 30 days, I didn't drink. I decided to get back into shape. I started reading a book that helped me get a better relationship with me and started a process. And it's funny thing, whenever when I hear the comment, oh, just love yourself. My thing is, it has to start with liking yourself. And for me, that was a big bridge. Could I, in fact, my mission was, could I learn to like myself? And being curious, very curious about ways that I could like myself, changing the words, changing different aspects of being kind to others. Now, it's great that that process can step-by-step, day-by-day, and that's where your first question, today it is day-by-day, day because I will be honest, there are still days that come and play, and it can play hard in a negative way. That Those strings, that DNA, that energetic charge, I honestly, today, don't believe it goes away. In fact, I'm giving it that honor, that Those thoughts of self-devastation may stay with me until the day I leave. And that's probably why I'm also very humble about it and and aware that it is day by day. There we go. That's amazing.
0: All right. I'm I'm going...
1: Holy Toledo, where do we did go? I, did, did I go back to that date well enough, clear enough? You, again, you
0: did, oh, because this is really important for people to understand that anything can be the trigger. Anything can be the trigger for that moment where the option of taking your own life it seems like a good idea.
1: You often know? it's about getting out of pain. It's, often it's, it's about...
0: For you, it was about getting out of the pain of beating yourself up. Yeah, I'm I'm a firm believer that anything that helps people go from beating themselves up to beating their own drum is it, it fits my parameters for getting you
1: out of. And Jackie, as as you know, because every time we've spoken, so I got to take that little phrase you said, and every time you and I have spoken, there is a beating of the drum. So I just did a full moon ceremony, and the next ceremony, we're inviting somebody to assist us in making drums. Oh, how fun. Isn't that cool? So like this idea of beating your own drum, I'll be taking it to a next level, and I want (laughs) to share that with you and everyone here because if people can – Instead of beating themselves up, beat a drum. And then they might even tap into a musical beat. They then then actually might start to move and smile and sing and dance. and, And this is celebrating life. And that, my dear friend, is something that is so aligned with what you're about, is having a conversation, listening, asking, and then perhaps beating a drum of service and being a difference. Thank you for what you're doing. (laughs)
0: Thank you, Dave. (laughs) Thank you. And I I really appreciate that endorsement. The whole purpose behind doing the interviews is to help people find what I call stigma-free solutions to the beating yourself up and pure prevention ideas. These steps that anyone can take. You don't have to wait until you're a 13-story story you can be just having a normal life and wanting it to be just a little bit better. And especially if somebody is around other people, like you said, you're not actively parenting, but you are actively caregiving for your parents.
1: Well, I actually have, I have a 20 year old also. So I, I've got the best of again, a world that I honestly really do believe the the guides have been less blessing me with is on the one hand, I have a 20 year old who is one of my greatest teachers on the planet. And then I have my parents who, who are 81 and 82. And my father almost died right before COVID. He broke his hip and, and he, he was in the hospital. And and so we, we had, we had our traumas yet. We had a consciousness or a compassion. I would say, I like to use compassion these days. It, It seems a little bit more real than, Conscious, conscious living. No, how about compassionate and kind?
0: Compassionate (laughs) (laughs) and kind works for me. Because conscious, guess what? Conscious is not an emotional state. And we live from emotional states.
1: Yeah. And the one I like to fuse there is curious. And so Uh that's where you're doing such a great job by interviewing people and, and asking questions and then listening. And that when, when, when I was originally, you were saying preventing suicide, actually, I pulled back and said, what are you talking about? Yet, as I've listened to you, it's about having conversations that are, give people the tools, the, the possibility to be of service instead of feeling they need to obliterate themselves.
0: You know, it's interesting. I started the whole movement with just this idea of if we could get people talking, because I discovered in this little tiny writing on the Center for Disease Control website, that not talking about suicide is in and of itself a risk factor. Absolutely. And I thought, well, we can fix that one. I can get people to talk. We wrote a book, we published it, and the book was all about helping people break the silence. And here's what I realized recently. The title of this book that was designed to break the silence around suicide did not have the word suicide in the title. It's make it a great day, the choice is yours. I couldn't use the word when I first started this mission because my story about having a child who was in so much mental and emotional pain that she thought dying was better than living. Yes that story for me as a parent was like this i call it the guilt nightmare and i even call it the guilt nightmare because i couldn't utter the word shame around it but that's what the internal story had been talk about beating myself up it wasn't until i had to And I say had to, because I got a TEDx coach right before my TEDx stage who said, Jackie, you have to tell them about that day. Right. And it's not, it was just a day, Dave. That's That's why I asked you to go back to that 13 story story, because it was just a day. There was nothing unusual about it from my point of view. Correct. And my TEDx coach said, well, can you ask your daughter? So I asked my middle daughter, Stephanie, I called her up and the conversation was, you know, Hey, you know, I'm doing the TEDx talk. You know, it's about you. And I'm supposed to tell the story of that day. And Stephanie, I don't remember. And Stephanie started laughing and she said, mom, it was the shopping. And I went, Oh my God. That's the story that I ended up sharing on the TEDx stage, the the actual day, and then how Stephanie internalized it and shared it 23 years later. It was 23 years between the actual events of suicide coming into my world and my hearing it from her perspective, because they've Parents, we, we sell our, parents are the greatest salespeople in the world, next to three-year-olds. I think, well, infants. Infants can sell you on taking care of them. That's a pretty yep. good sales job. Absolutely. Yeah, but parents are really good. I sold myself on the idea that as long as she was getting professional help, we didn't need to talk about it. Right. Now I know that was the most dangerous tactic I could have taken. That was the most dangerous track I could have taken. So you started... Telling yourself, you started having a different talk with yourself and you've got steps. And so I want to make sure that you share what are, what is the step-by-step thing that people can use to get started? Because granted, I know that compassion and kindness and living from that emotional state are very good concepts, but they're not like concrete steps. No. So let's take them to some steps, Dave.
1: Well, it's, it, is, it is the first one, which I'm not sure how people will respond to this, yet it truly was the first, second, and third step. The first step is change your diet. Okay. Get rid of those sugar water drinks. Start eating for nutrition. When one starts to honor their body and eat good, healthy, green fruits, vegetables, drink good, healthy water, start walking, start exercising. Whoa, what a difference life is. Me getting off the alcohol for a month, day by day, of course, but you, after three days, I was a different person. How's that for some solid step-by-step? Step purpose? number one, Eat to live. Eat for energy, eat for vitality. And this is what's beautiful. We're giving people a little bit of a recipe, but now we're inviting them to go and experiment for themselves. This is what I feel is so important, that we can give them a little basic outline. They have to have the curiosity and the willpower to change. And that is, again, a little bit of the positive attitude, which can be influenced by... Words. Change your words. Get rid of those words that are negative. Stop beating. Be kind. Look at yourself and say, oh, you're pretty cute. Be cute with yourself. Be kind to yourself. Yet that's, again, the words have power. So change your words. And next time you beat yourself up, actually write down the words so you have the recipe to make yourself feel crap. Because that recipe is useful. You change one of the ingredients of that recipe, it might not have the effects anymore. This is about being aware. Okay. And this
0: is what I love, Dave, about talking to you and working with you and all the things that you're doing because you're not running away from or saying, you know, hey, just stop thinking this. You're saying, hey, use the information that you're being given. Write down what you're saying to yourself that beats yourself up and change one word and see if it makes a difference.
1: And, and that's what's it. fun about it is that a lot of it's recipe driven. And so we, we have recipes to feel good. Like, and just we haven't been taught that, oh, go write down your recipes to feel good, to feel kind, to feel happy. And if you start writing these recipes, then you can add a little bit of sp- spice to it, a little bit of, if you like a little bit of tandoori, add a little tandoori. And so you can have a life that is really delicious, delightful, delectable. As you choose the words, the words will have an impact. It will trigger curiosity, go have wonderful conversation. So awareness, beliefs, pick a word. A big part of this is confidence.
0: One of the keys that you just said, awareness, beliefs, confidence. Very few people are confident that change is so
1: simple. They don't have any confidence in simplicity. Well, that's what's funny. You, you, you can use this term, anyone likes, effortless ease. And for next week, whenever you say, oh, that's so hard, just say, no, it's with effortless ease. And see how your hard to effortless ease starts to shift. You actually start to get a little bit of a swagger. You start to get a little bit of a, a exactly, you, you, you have that. And that's what's beautiful. When I'm working with women, particularly in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, I'm really looking to infuse naughtiness. Be naughty. Naughty is good. Naughty and nice is a great swagger.
0: We're all a little bit of both, but we are taught that it's not a good idea. We're supposed to be nice all the time. Like, oh, that doesn't no. work so well for me. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's amazing. It's one of the reasons that I actually decided to host my own radio show is because I'm not a great guest. I will interrupt. You know, I am, I, you know, the naughty behavior. I mean, I, I'll interrupt people and it's like, mm, anybody who comes on my show as a guest has to sign the disclaimer. It's okay for Jackie to interrupt. Yeah. Oh. And it's like, it's part of the swagger of let's keep it exciting, let's get it moving because I'm very short on patience. We have enough time, we always have enough time And I want to make sure that we cover this in depth for people. So if you've got questions, pop them into the chat and make comments on the video if you're watching the recording, because here's what's going to happen. You're going to end up with your own recipe for feeling good out of this. And a good recipe is
1: worth its weight in gold. You know, we've got a recipe box. And Jackie, almost as important, you'll also, if you're aware that the Recipe for sadness, the recipe for loneliness, the recipe that's valuable too, because like the topic today, the myth of a happy ending, life truly becomes amazing is when you have an honoring when you are sad, when you are lonely, when you are depressed, it's not you're stuck there. It's you've got really good at that recipe. And when you choose that, you might want to go back to a different state, you can change the recipe, if, if uh, or you can change the record, or the song, or the dance, your metaphor. See, we've got people today, they're going to be, as our previous speaker was just sharing, different people are driven by different things. I love the book, The Love Languages. Go and start studying, go start learning, start growing. That is a great recipe to start feeling that you're not an idiot, that you're not stupid, you can't learn, which again is a record. It's 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 a recipe for feeling bad. There yes. is no doubt.
0: So, and I agree, it's important to know what our recipes are that lead to the different emotional states that we feel. So as we're defining and helping people tease out what's their recipe for the emotion of the moment, it's a great awareness, Dave. It really, really is. How did I get to feeling this way? Would give me the recipe. It would give me what I've been thinking, who I've been hanging around with, what they've been saying. Maybe it'll tell, it'll point me to what am I reading? What am I watching on a screen? What am I, allow- and I call it brainwashing. Who am I allowing to brainwash me? And that's anything that I read, anything that I watch, anything that I listen to. I'm giving approval for that information to come into my head. And once I realize that, David
1: was a game changer as Life far as is- what I'm watching, listening to, and reading. Absolutely, when you start taking, uh, you have awareness of it, and then you start making the choices that like you're not going to do that anymore. Whoa, talk about liberating! Talk about enabling! Talk about delight!
0: So enabling delight. is a different definition than the way most people use the sentence. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, it's amazing how so many neutral words got bad raps.
1: Yeah. Yes. In fact, even the whole term negative emotions, that rap is one of the worst. Our negative emotions are beautiful. Their vitality, their, their passion when you can tap into them. When my rage or anger gets aligned with something that is unjust, that's the type of energy that needs to shift the stupidity that is keeping us stuck in an old paradigm so my anger can be harnessed with love and and together guess what that is a little bit of passion
0: <laughs> a little bit of passion now it's like a teaspoon
1: of sugar yeah a little bit of passion and well, a little honey a little fruit. honey I'm on a low sugar diet yet. I'm more of into the natural citrus or yes. Oh, geez. Aromatherapy or some type of uh, beautiful essential oils, allowing your olfactory to wake up when you go walk in a garden and smell the beautiful flowers, see them, taste them. Oh, it's what a life. What a beautiful world we live in. We do live in a beautiful world and We
0: often only allow ourselves to see a tiny, tiny piece of it. You know, what we're used to, that little window. To help gather more of this step-by-stepness, okay? We got Change Diet, we got Change Words, and we could hang out in Change Words forever because it's my favorite place to play. I use words to inspire myself. And so I have a recipe for inspiring myself with the words that I choose. So understanding this, it's really, really powerful stuff, Dave. Once somebody has started changing their diet and once somebody has started changing their words, what do they change next?
1: Well, again, as you've asked for gifts, I have happily offered to give a gift today. And one of the chapters in get 2020 vision is a chapter on developing your personalized gps system. So gps system often thought about being something on your phone for your tea, for your car. No, how about for you? How about developing a step by step system where it's based on right now, what can you do to feel grateful? The g is for gratitude in the moment right now. And then we go to p I actually doubled up the P because the P here for me is purpose and passion. Yet those words are very frustrating for a lot of people because they haven't simplified it as you've used the word simplify. And so I've simplified purpose and passion is what would you like to do? What would you love to do? And write down a list of 20 things that in the next week you can do. Maybe you want to learn to paint, dance, write, write a poem, so like to do and love to do. And your purpose and passion will flow out of experimenting with those over the next one week to one and a half years. And then S in your GPS system. So here you are. Right now, gratitude, you've got this mapped out. The next week and the next year, you're going to be doing some experiment with learning, experimenting with, with creativity, innovation. And then the S, what you found and you've been sharing its to be of service to others the s in gps system is in the next 3 years if you had 100 million dollars in the banks who or what group of people would you be of service to and you, you know, don't wait 3 years you start you can start tomorrow because if you decide to be of service tomorrow and you want to do a little play it forward you want to do a little bit of compliments to family or friends, you can go and look for ways to be a service. That, Jackie, will change people's lives. All right.
0: I'm going, I'm going to name an elephant in the room. All right. The elephant in the room, I wasn't doing what I was doing, starting the teen suicide prevention society to help anybody else. I wasn't. I was doing it to stop beating myself up. Yes. I was doing it, eventually, I got clear what my service was. But even then, it was about stopping my own, um, I I call it, I, I had a psychic wound that got opened up the day that my daughter took and gave her talk that launched this whole mission. It was August 3rd, 2019. It's a date that I will probably always remember. That day that wound, it took time before the impact of what she said actually landed in my brain. And I realized 3,000 teens attempt to take their own lives every day in in the US, 3,000. That means 6,000 parents start to live the guilt nightmare that I had lived. And then it hit me, 6,000 a day seven days a week, 365 days a year, 23 years of silence. That's a lot of ghosts. And it is those ghosts that drove me. I did not think of this as an act of service. And I thought I could keep it really small. I just wanted to do something and then I was good. You know, that's what I thought. and. When it became a service, when I gave myself permission that serving was okay, that I could stop selling because I had my own business and I actually taught entrepreneurial women how to sell themselves on themselves first, Uh, but I could stop trying to sell a program and I could start trying to change the world. And the part of the world that I realized was mine to change was just this little tiny piece that is all I'm trying to do. Just this little tiny sliver is all I'm interested in. People are like, Jackie, suicide veterans and Jackie, suicide seniors. And every demographic is going up all around the world. Suicide's the leading cause of violent death in the entire world. And it has been for a really long time.
1: And it, the statistics are grossly understated. Under, uh, it's, it's not reported in places like Japan. In Australia, they're declaring it something else. So it's, it is an epidemic. It is. And as bad as it is, I chose the
0: one place that I could, in my conscience, say, I can stand on this because this is what I've lived. And it's worth it to me to just focus here. But I'm, Dave.
1: Thank you. I thank you for I, that.
0: I'm, I'm like living this whole roller coaster because as we talk about the myth of a happy ending, mm. I thought that I would have this happy ending after writing that book, getting that yeah. book published with all of my friends writing stories. And then I thought I would be done after I stood on a TEDx stage. And, and you know, that would be done. And now I could go back to my business. Um, now, I realize that I don't get done. There, there's not a done. And, and until teen suicide is a thing of the past, yes. then I'll get done. Yes. And that's, I'm going to warn everybody. Hey, guys, you start going at this life with gratitude and purpose and passion. And you get into service. Don't think you're ever gonna retire because you Never. don't get done. Yeah. You know and I've had to I, I, I'm, I'm doing the disclaimer. Here we go. The events that we are discussing, the information that we are sharing could be addictive. Sorry, forgot to tell you that at the beginning.
1: Yes. Oh well, this is gonna be fun. This All is right. one of my this is actually another one of the concepts that I like is that there are some positive addictions. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, it, it's, it's, these are the addictions that you want to have why because they lead you into having a life that you love yes addictions that lead you into having a life that you love are addictions worth having that's right. and so this is one of them creating your own gps your own
1: guidance system
0: that's your, based on
1: your, your personal stuff your personalized calibration system Oh, there and we so, go. All right. So, so we calibrate about, us a little more. So we talked about the physical side mm-hmm. with the body and the body temple and really honoring and eat slowly and, and even learn to sing a song while you're eating. Huh? Uh, whoa, was, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. Pause. Eat slowly, I've heard before. Yo, eat less, chew more. I've seen the signs. But what is this sing a song while you're eating?
1: I, w- I was in Japan, actually, when I had my transition. And I went to an integrative healing workshop in the top of a mountain, and we had 60 Japanese seniors come in, and there was 30 foreigners invited once a year to this temple. And when we ate the food, which was grown there, we would sing, they would sing in Japanese, we would sing English. It was, chew, chew, chew your food. It's so good for you. Chew it long, it'll make you strong. Chew, chew, chew. And so for 60 seconds, you would chew Japanese rice. And the thing about Japanese rice specifically is it starts getting more delicious after about 35 chews and most rice around the world, it will actually totally disintegrate, but Japanese rice is a special blend and it gets more delicious. Yet if you sing that song and you're eating, so you sing it in your head or you sing it aloud, we sang it both. And, uh, you'll eat a whole lot less within 15 minutes. You'll have eaten less yet. You'll have a lot more nutrition because you put the blessing into the food, into Mm -hmm. the water. And that can be a simple, another approach that will allow people to live with more awareness.
0: That's going to, um, haunt my brain for the rest of the day i can well, see it coming it's not now Not bad, is
1: it come on
0: <laughs> no it's not bad. actually this is this is great okay so you're gonna have to sing it again
1: chew 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 yeah, your chew food. food it's so good for you chew it long it'll make you strong chew chew chew
0: <laughs> all right i know that katie is going to get those lyrics together for everybody and put them into the chat and, and we will do that on our breaks all right, this is going to be so much fun. Okay, so that's the body sign. Yes, continue. Thank you for allowing the pause.
1: And then we had the the gratitude, the purpose, passion, and the service. And I agree with you that this idea of service, why it's sort of a three year plan, is because it allows people to practice being of service. And that's like when we're, when we have this mind, this seed we plant, that when we see somebody who might benefit from walking across the street with them, we become more conscious and more kind. And that service is really the infusion practical steps that I've learned being an elderly caregiver has really about patience, Mm -hmm. compassion, and curiosity. That's how I've been practicing service. And so asking people, being more patient allows compassion to nurture from within.
0: That's lovely. Patience, curiosity, compassion, um, and you said another one with P. Well,
1: well, patience is the big one, especially as an elderly caregiver, and yeah. for most people who are in the rat race, that some of these, like again, for you to find purpose and passion. Everyone wants it right now or yesterday and they get frustrated. No experiment, like go and take an art class or a music class or a dance class, and then maybe go to a senior center and and help out set up with the musicians and, and, allow it to unfold because many people in my case, it was being traumatized at age seven and at age nine with music and arts. having an art teacher who told me I had no ability, having a music teacher who told my mom, save your money. He's got no talent. And so for 50 years, I didn't do it, either one of them. Yet in the last year and a half, as I've experimented with art, I'm enjoying it so much. And you wanna know what the coolest thing though is? My mom, for the very first time since she was a child, is painting. Really? How cool is that?
0: That's really, 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 really cool. Okay, I like that a lot. So your mom is painting. So it's and, your attitudes of p-
1: impacting everybody. She's, well, she, she comes down and, 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 and she sees me painting and drawing and doing poetry. And like last time she saw me, I was a, an angry 23 year old guy who wanted to be a multimillionaire, gonna go uh, move to Tokyo to make millions. And, and now <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing, I'm drawing, I'm painting. I'm, I'm... And then the last two months she started. And I just took a picture of her uh, with her painting. And it's so cool because her her outfit is the same color as the painting she's doing. It's got the pinks and the blues, (laughs) and it just made me giggle. And so we laugh a lot. That's another infusion. If you uh, practice this, you might give yourself permission to daily laugh. I have actually encouraged people to do laughter yoga. Because another thing that I did two years ago was decided to go become a yoga instructor. Somebody who couldn't touch their toes decided to be a laughter yoga, I'm sorry, a yoga instructor went to India and came back and was a volunteer at the uh, YMCA for seniors.
0: <laughs> there you go. Teaching seniors yoga, you know, it, anything that you really want to um, embody. I think the greatest thing that you can do is teach it to someone else.
1: Yeah. Well, the inspiration there was a friend of mine at 55 had double hip replacement surgery. So uh-huh. I saw that and I said, mm, I, want to, I better go become flexible. So how do you become flexible? <laughs> oh, go to India and become a yoga instructor. And I had okay. never even taken a class before that.
0: <laughs> you kind of like extremes, don't you, Dave? Here, let's just go deep dive into, into this whole realm here. So You did that though, you went to extremes. When you pushed back from the 13th story, you did the absolute extreme of total abstinence from alcohol, total shift in diet. I imagine a few other things shifted. Just out of curiosity, what impact did this have on your large group of friends who had also been visiting you that night?
1: Well, again, what happens is when you make very significant changes like that, you don't hang out with very many people. You, you, mm-hmm. I went inward. I I went to learning and reading and writing and, and these are, again, another great tip is start writing your journal, allowing your gratitude daily and, and really nurturing the relationship with yourself. So, um, probably 90% of those people I never saw again and, uh, maybe three to are still very dear friends of mine. And, and two of them particularly, uh, I I actually wrote them up in my book and and thanked them for saving my life because they happened to visit me in Japan and they, they were coming for a week and one ended up living with me for about a year and a half and the other stayed about nine months. And so they really worked with me through my, my darkest times and they were just traveling the world. And the way the universe works it is they kind of dropped in on me and and uh, we're part of the transition of uh, transformation.
0: Now, I have an open loop. And as a storyteller, yes. I love them, but I've been told that it pisses people off when I don't close them. So let's close a loop that we started. When you were telling the story of that night in Tokyo, there was some guest who had not been invited who then took it upon themselves to give acid, we'll call it what it is, LSD, right? Um, to everybody in the room without their knowing it.
1: He dropped it in the drinks, yeah. Yeah,
0: so um, just without being too blunt about it, did you drop him off the balcony? Then, you know, did you chase him down and, and have a heart to heart with this guy?
1: Actually, I, to be honest with you, I never saw him again.
0: Wow. Yeah. You know, he was your guardian angel.
1: I believe he actually, it, it, there is a, a good friend of mine who knows him. And I actually, we, we sort of call him things like that. Yes. And that is, that is a, a great way of reframing an experience and being grateful to people who do cer- certain things.
0: You know, the, the Oprah got famous for the feather, the brick, the yes. feather, the two by four and the brick or something like some combination of these. Yes we get the nudges.
1: Um, Wait, Wayne, would- Dwyer, Wayne Dyer's book about the, the two children who are in heaven and they say, well, I want to have this experience. And then, well, when you're there and you're experiencing that pain and I'm doing it to you, please forgive me. So <laughs> There's something that's so, so amazing when you tell stories. And I thank you for bringing the story loop because that is something I'm working on too, because I think the story loops are so important. And when we we read some of these beautiful stories like from Wayne Dyer and uh, other writers. And it's a beautiful thing about children's books and and encouraging people to to share stories and maybe do collaborations where uh, some of your stories might uh, light the fire as a, a candle lighting another candle.
0: It's really, I think, incumbent upon us to find as many ways as we can to get our messages into the world the idea, Dave, of the book, the, the, the 2020, which I love, and thank you so much for the gift that you are giving to everyone, which is what we were discussing, has, has all of these tools and things in it for everyone to just explore. It's such a generous gift, and I am delighted that we're able to help you get your information out because it's so, so useful. It fits every aspect of my parameter for, you know, this is a solution that you can start putting into place before you have the problem. You know, you don't have to wait for your dark night of the soul. What if you could just, you know, turn the lights on earlier? You know, and then you don't have to ever worry about it. I call it backing people away from an edge they don't even know they're near. And for you and for your parents, you were on an edge and they did not even know. Absolutely. And that's what started this, Dave, and why I was so grateful that you were willing to come on the show and tell your story.
1: Well, thank you so very much. And uh, I look forward to other opportunities to serve and assist uh, the movement because I, I truly believe it's, it's worthwhile and it's, uh, it's time and uh, you're doing some great work. So I really appreciate that.
0: I just got that on recording, Dave. You know... <laughs> You know, I'm looking for talk teachers. I'm looking for people who can actually teach the talks that save lives. So I'm starting that training program. So we're going to have a talk.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You're aware that. Again, part of one of the funny little stories is I used to be afraid of public speaking. So friends, a few friends of mine and we got together and we started the Asia professional speakers association. And so when you're, you're facing a fear, isn't it great to go through it and do something that makes a difference? And a big part of that is, is, is finding your fear and, and finding ways to step through it. So I, I think what uh, uh, these talks are really very powerful and hopefully people can develop uh, a, a self-exploration. And then when you would like to share and you'd like to serve, there's going to be platforms like this to be able to Spread the message.
0: There are, there are, and thank you, because that's just beautiful. And I'm hoping, somebody said, Jackie, aren't you afraid of basically competition? I mean, there are so many suicide prevention programs out there. There are so many self-help gurus out there. And I'm like, competition? In my mission? Bring it on! You know, bring it on. There cannot be too many people beating the drum of you don't have to wait until somebody's in trouble to do something about it. You can be part of the solution, not waiting for the problem. So bring it on. And so, Dave, we're going to have another talk now, because if you've got a speaker's organization, you know that's something I'm going to be interested in. Um, both sides of the microphone. The power of this conversation, Dave, the clarity of your vision and your willingness to share your story are things I'm very grateful for. So thank you very
1: much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much to Katie also. She's a, you got a great team there, Jackie. Uh, congratulations on on aligning the team and, and uh, working so well together. It's, it's a, been a real pleasure.
0: <laughs> All right, I'm gonna just put this in here because we talked about you know, divine intervention and guardian angels and stuff. And I am blessed to have Katie on my team because her company decided to lay her off during COVID. And that's the only reason. So I'm grateful to them, even though I wasn't at the time. (laughs) It took perspective. Now I'm really, really grateful. So give yourself the gift of perspective, everyone. Let time do its job. Thank you, Dave.